Hi, my name is Brendan Malone and you're listening to The Dispatches, the podcast that strives to cut through all the noise in order to challenge the popular narratives of the day with some good old-fashioned contrarian thinking. You might not always agree, but at least you'll be taking a deeper look at the world around you. Hi everybody, welcome along to another episode of The Dispatches. It's great to be back with you again. Before I talk about Alexander Solzhenitsyn and his profoundly important Live Not By Lies essay, let me just get a couple of quick administrative things out of the way. Number one, if you're new here and you're not already a subscriber to this podcast, why not hit that little subscribe or follow button on whatever platform you're listening on right now. That way you will be kept up to date every time we publish a new episode. If you are someone who's a bit of a long-time listener or you've been tuning in for a while now and you're enjoying the episodes, then if you could give us a rating, if your platform allows you to do that, give us a rating, some stars and a a comment or two if, if you're allowed to do that on your platform. All of that really, really helps the show. And last but not least, every single week we publish a special exclusive patrons-only episode of this podcast, The Dispatches. That's an episode that is only available at the start of every week to our patron supporters who are contributing $5 or more per month to Left Foot Media. To get access to that exclusive weekly podcast, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is in the show notes. And become a supporter of Left Foot Media with $5 or more per month. And for that, you will get an extra four to five episodes of The Dispatches every single month. Alternately, you can always just leave a one-off tip in the tip jar. There's a link for that in the show notes as well, just for today's episode if you really enjoyed this one. Right, today's topic of conversation, Live Not By Lies a vitally important topic, I believe, in the current age that we are living in. Before even COVID erupted, uh, I, I was talking with groups and in public settings about Live Not By Lies. You might have read uh, the, um, well, I was going to say the now famous, but I guess sort of widely known book uh, by Rod Dreyer called Live Not By Lies, which took its name from Alexander Solzhenitsyn's essay, a very important and uh, I think worthwhile read. If you haven't read it, it's definitely worth reading. So this is this is an issue that has, has been brewing in the West for a while now. Um, what Rod Dreyer would refer to as sort of a soft totalitarianism that we're sort of living under now. Uh, you know, the hard totalitarianism is is the hard totalitarianism of Soviet communism, which is what Alexander Solzhenitsyn lived under, where people were uh, literally arrested and imprisoned and executed uh, for refusing to tow uh, the official ideological line. We have a different type of totalitarianism now where it's more of a soft totalitarianism. People are punished in other ways, uh, you know, often uh, very draconian ways and, and very harmful ways, but not at the sort of extremes of the hard totalitarianism. So a little bit about Alexander Solzhenitsyn for those who don't know him at all. Uh, he was one of the most famous Russian Soviet dissidents. He he grew up in a, a Russian Orthodox uh, Christian family home, so he was, I guess you'd say his youth was a uh, it was was he was part of the you know the Christian faith. But then he uh, he in his late I guess the older teen years um, he uh, embraces atheism and the Marxist socialist sort of ideology that is the the regime and. He's a, he becomes a captain uh, in the Red Army in World War II. And then he makes a fatal, fatal mistake. He dares to criticise Stalin in a letter. So he writes a letter to someone and, uh, and he is critical of Stalin. <laughs> you know, we, we obviously find that shocking today, but that was enough. That was all it took. And for daring to say something critical about Stalin, he was sentenced to eight years in the gulags, the Russian gulags, 
and uh, followed by internal exile. So, you know, pretty extreme and serious stuff. And and that that experience was the one that really it's the it's the shock and awe moment that wakes him up to the true reality of the Marxist socialist regime that he's living under and ex- exactly how evil this thing really is. His sort of the blinders come off at that point and this is the thing that sparks his return back to his Christian faith and and he's uh, known as a devout orthodox uh, Christian philosopher. He starts writing about um, Marxist socialist repressions. As a result of that, uh, he's a he's you know he's a famous historian and philosopher. His insights are often very deep and, and very important. His he's he's sort of slowly over a period of of years is um is uh, more and more infuriating the um, Marxist socialist regime that rules in Soviet Russia, um, and then. Finally, he releases or publishes the the Gulag Archipelago in 1973. So the Gulag Archipelago is this book which documents the true reality of what this Marxist socialist system has been doing to people and the atrocities and the, the, the grave human rights abuses of the Gulag imprisonment system. And that was sort of the final straw, really. There's sort of a couple of other books around that time, but that's the final straw that breaks the back for him. And uh, what happens is that the regime now decides, you know, this guy's got to go. Then in uh, February 1974, so the start of of 1974, he writes this short essay, which we're going to look at today, called Live Not By Lies. And that essay... That that's the final moment, basically. The, the 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 same day as he finishes that, the secret police break into his apartment, and uh, the the very next day he is exiled to the west. Now he he is able to eventually return. He's initially he's exiled uh, into um, the free uh, German territories, and then uh, he moves to America with his family. But he manages to return to um, to Russia after the fall of of communism. And uh, he uh, dies there in 2008, so he spends out uh, the remainder of his days back in his homeland. Uh, he is also awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and um, or the Nobel Prize. I'm not really sure what the, what's the correct term is it Nobel Peace Prize or the Nobel Prize? We'll call it the Nobel Prize. Um, and particularly for his writings, they just you know the force of of his moral voice is just so important. He really is, as I said, if not the famous, one of the most famous of the Russian dissidents and he speaks with such clarity and such truthfulness into this issue from this Judeo-Christian natural law ethic. It's just so beautiful. Um, What I want to do today is I actually want to read to you that essay because I think it's just so profoundly important and it is worth basking in and soaking in because it just offers so many prescient and important insights for us still today. Before I do that though, let me just give you this little quote from uh, a couple of guys called Edward E. Erickson Jr. and Daniel J. Mahoney from uh, something called the Solzhenitsyn Reader. And this is what they said about Live Not By Lies. On the day Solzhenitsyn was arrested, February the 12th, 1974, he released the text of Live Not By Lies. The next day, he was exiled to the West, where he received a hero's welcome. This moment marks the peak of his fame. Solzhenitsyn equates lies with ideology the illusion that human nature and society can be reshaped to predetermined specifications. Let me read that again. Solzhenitsyn equates lies with ideology, the illusion that human nature and society can be reshaped to predetermined specifications. 
and his last word before leaving his homeland urges Soviet citizens as individuals to refrain from cooperating with the regime's lies. Even the most timid can take this least demanding step towards spiritual independence. If many march together on this path of passive resistance, the whole and human system will totter and collapse. So with that in mind, let me now read you the essay, Live Not By Lies, and I will do my best to give this justice. And, and uh, I just encourage you to, <laughs> to, to, to bask in, the, in the, the depth and the profoundity, really, of, of uh, Solzhenitsyn's insights and why they are so important for us today and all of the important truths that we can glean from them and put into place in our own lives in this present moment. Live Not By Lies, an essay by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. There was a time when we dared not rustle a whisper, but now we write and read Summerstart. Uh, I should say here, by the way, Summerstart is, is like uh, clandestine um, uh, contraband literature and, and writings that were sort of passed around um, under the, the, the Marxist socialist regime and, and people would sort of quietly and secretly read and, and sort of talk about and discuss. But now we write and read Summerstart, and congregating in the smoking rooms of research institutes, heartily complain to each other of all they are muddling up, of all they are dragging us into. There's that unnecessary bravado around our ventures into space, against the backdrop of ruin and poverty at home, and the buttressing of distant savage regimes, and the kindling of civil wars, and the ill-thought-out cultivation of Mousy Dong at our expense to boot. In the end, we'll be the ones sent out against him, and we'll have to go. What other option will there be? And they put whomever they want on trial, and brand the healthy as mentally ill, and it is always they while we are helpless. We are approaching the brink. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us. A physical one is about to flare up and engulf us and our children while we continue to smile sheepishly and babble. But what can we do to stop it? We haven't the strength. We have so hopelessly seeded our humanity that for the modest handouts of today, we are ready to surrender up all principles, our soul, all the labours of our ancestors, all the prospects of our descendants, anything to avoid disrupting our meagre existence. We have lost our strength, our pride, our passion. We do not even fear a common nuclear death, do not fear a third world war, perhaps we'll hide away in some crevice, but fear only to take a civic stance. We hope only not to stray from the herd, not to set out on our own and risk suddenly having to make do without the white bread, the hot water heater, a Moscow residency permit. We have internalised well the lessons drummed into us by the state. We are forever content and comfortable with its premise. We cannot escape the environment, the social conditions. They shape us. Being determines consciousness. What have we to do with this? We can do nothing. But we can do everything. Even if we comfort and lie to ourselves that this is not so. It is not they who are guilty of everything, but we ourselves, only we. Some will counter, 
But really, there is nothing to be done. Our mouths are gagged. No one listens to us. No one asks us. How can we make them listen to us? To make them reconsider is impossible. The natural thing would be simply not to re-elect them, but there are no re-elections in our country. In the West, they have strikes, protest marches, but we are too cowed, too scared. How does one just give up one's job, just go out onto the street? All the other fateful means resorted to over the last century of Russia's bitter history are even less fitting for us today. True, let's not fall back on them. Today, when all the axes have hewn what they hacked, when all that was sown has borne fruit, we can see how lost, how drugged were those conceited youths who sought, through terror, bloody uprising and civil war, to make the country just and content. No thank you, fathers of the Enlightenment. We now know that the vileness of the means begets the vileness of the result. Let our hands be clean. So, has the circle closed? So is there indeed no way out? So the only thing left to do is wait inertly? What if something just happens by itself? But it will never come unstuck by itself. If we all, every day, continue to acknowledge, glorify and strengthen it, if we do not, at the least, recoil from its most vulnerable point, from lies. When violence bursts onto the peaceful human condition, its face is flush with self-assurance. It displays on its banner and proclaims, I am violence, make way, step aside, I will crush you. But violence ages swiftly. A few years pass and it is no longer sure of itself. To prop itself up, to appear decent, it will without fail call forth its ally, lies. For violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies, and lies can only persist through violence. And it is not every day and not on every shoulder that violence brings down its heavy hand. It demands of us only a submission to lies, a daily participation in deceit, and this suffices as our fealty. And therein we find, neglected by us, the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation— a personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. And this is the way to break out of the imaginary encirclement of our inertness. The easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. Like parasites, they can only survive when attached to a person. We are not called upon to step out onto the square and shout out the truth, to say out loud what we think. This is scary. We are not ready. But let us at least refuse to say what we do not think. This is the way, then, the easiest and most accessible for us given our deep-seated organic cowardice, much easier than, it's scary to even utter the words, civil disobedience a la Gandhi. Our way must be never knowingly support lies. Having understood where the lies begin, and many see this line differently, step back from that gangrenous edge 
Let us not glue back the flaking scales of the ideology, not gather back its crumbling bones, nor patch together its decomposing garb. We will be amazed how swiftly and helplessly the lies will fall away, and that which is destined to be naked will be exposed as such to the world. And thus, overcoming our temerity, let each man choose. Will he remain a witting servant of the lies? Needless to say, not due to natural predisposition, but in order to provide a living for the family, to rear the children in the spirit of lies? Or has the time come for him to stand straight as an honest man, worthy of the respect of his children and contemporaries? And from that day onward, he will not write, sign, nor publish in any way a single line distorting so far as he can see the truth. He will not utter such a line in private or in public conversation, nor read it from a crib sheet, nor speak it in the role of educator, canvasser, teacher, actor. He will not in painting, sculpture, photograph, technology or music depict, support or broadcast a single false thought, a single distortion of the truth as he discerns it. He will not cite in writing or in speech a single guiding quote for gratification, insurance, for his success at work, unless he fully shares the cited thought and believes that it fits the context precisely. He will not be forced to a demonstration or a rally if it runs counter to his desire and his will. He will not take up and raise a banner or slogan in which he does not fully believe. He will not raise a hand and vote for a proposal which he does not sincerely support. He will not vote openly or in secret ballot for a candidate whom he deems dubious or unworthy. He will not be impelled to a meeting where a forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place. He will at once walk out from a session, meeting, lecture, play or film as soon as he hears the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel or shameless propaganda. He will not subscribe to nor buy in retail a newspaper or journal that distorts or hides the underlying facts. This is by no means an exhaustive list of the possible and necessary ways of evading lies, but he who begins to cleanse himself will, with a cleansed eye, easily discern yet other opportunities. Yes, at first it will not be fear. Someone will have to temporarily lose his job. For the young who seek to live by truth, this will at first severely complicate life, for their tests and quizzes too are stuffed with lies, and so choices will have to be made. But there is no loophole left for anyone who seeks to be honest. Not even for a day, not even the safest technical occupations can he avoid even a single one of the listed choices, to be made in favour of either truth or lies, in favour of spiritual independence or spiritual civility. And as for him who lacks the courage to defend even his own soul, let him not brag of his progressive views or boast of his status as an academic or a recognised artist, a distinguished citizen or general. Let him say to himself plainly, I am cattle, I am a coward, I seek only warmth and to eat my fill. For us who have grown staid over time, even this most moderate path of resistance will not be easy to set out upon. But how much easier it is than self-immolation or even a hunger strike. 
Flames will not engulf your body. Your eyes will not pop out from the heat. And your family will always have at least a piece of black bread to wash down with a glass of clear water. Betrayed and deceived by us, did not a great European people, the Czechoslovaks, show us how one can stand down the tanks with bared chest alone, as long as inside it beats a worthy heart. It will not be an easy path, perhaps, but it is the easiest among those that lie before us. Not an easy choice for the body, but the only one for the soul. No, not an easy path, but then we already have among us people, dozens even, who have for years abided by these rules, who live by the truth. And so, we need not be the first to set out on this path. Ours is but to join. The more of us set out together, the thicker our ranks, the easier and shorter will this path be for us all. If we become thousands, they will not cope. They will be unable to touch us. If we will grow to tens of thousands, we will not recognise our country. But if we shrink away, then let us cease complaining that someone does not let us draw breath. We do it to ourselves. Let us then cower and hunker down while our comrades, the biologists, bring closer the day when our thoughts can be read and our genes altered. And if from this also we shrink away, then we are worthless, hopeless. And it is of us that Pushkin asks with scorn, why offer herds their liberation? their heritage each generation, the yoke with jingles and the whip. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, February the 12th, 1974. So there you go. Live not by lies. Profoundly, profoundly important essay. And I guess the challenge for all of us now is to, to uh, well, as the Christian scriptures would say, let him who has ears listen and uh, then to implement in whatever way we can in our own lives, this refusal to actually live the lies, that most important line in there, you know, that, that, that we should never let the ideological lie, the ideological regime live through us. Others may make different choices, but we all have the choice to say, well, even if I can't speak up publicly, even if I can't speak up out loud, the lie will not live through me. My heart, my mind, my soul, my family home, my business, the way I conduct myself, the way I treat people will not be guided by the lies, but by the truth. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, if you want an extra episode of the podcast every single week, become a patron at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link for that is in the show notes. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. And I will see you next time on The Dispatches. The Dispatches podcast is a production of Left Foot Media. If you enjoyed this show, then please help us to ensure that more of this great content keeps getting made by becoming a patron of our work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Dispatches. Mm-hmm.